All right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Michael Gebbin here. Super pumped to record this very special episode. Um, today, I, according to my dad, I'll turn 33 at 9.30 p.m., but uh, 33 years old, still feeling young overall. It's been quite a journey. I always love to reflect on things, and um, I'm going to talk about a few things today. Um, one of those things being trust, and another thing, the my way decision. It's it's it, it's fascinating here. This should uh, hopefully bring some some clarity uh, to things for you because for me, it's been something that's been a theme that's been popping up. Uh, and you know, although it's always easier, like when I help someone else, I can see things so clearly and I can, as people say, I can infect them. And yet we need other people to infect. Like I need someone to infect me at times. I, I, I still, I have to have that stuff reflected back to me because we're all great storytellers and without any accountability at times, we can tell, uh, we can tell ourselves anything. We can we can convince ourselves of anything, but it's really hard to necessarily look somebody else in the eye and uh, play your BS. And so, one of the things that I've learned for me through the years that I have lacked for a number of years is not trusting others, but rather trusting myself. And so. Um, it's, it's been very fascinating to observe because I actually am, <laughs> for a long, long time, and still as a collective whole today, I am very trusting of others. And, you know, I've studied a lot of behavior and personality for the last number of years, and so I'm naturally inclined to be more optimistic, half glass full, I'll trust you first, and then you have to do something for me to not trust you. You know, my opposite at times, they're going to be somebody who you have to earn their trust. Um, and so at times through my life, um, you know, people could say, well, you know, that, that, that you're going to get screwed over. Like some people say, well, you know, for sure, there's been screwing over that's, that's happened. But what I have found through the years that probably started to happen around 2011, 2012 is that more and more things happened where um, I started to not trust myself. And so as I got forward to where we're at turning 33, I've had to have these big epiphanies, these big shifts where I've had to realize I need to trust myself. I need to trust my gut. I need to trust my intuition because I have been constantly in the seeking of approval of others, seeking the advice of others. And although that's not a horrible thing in and of itself, if you can't make any decisions without the advice or approval of others, and then that advice and approval or that those opinions of others, what I have found that has, has been some of the issue is that through the years, I have found that depending on what kind of advice you're getting, right? If, if you're looking to go, you know, a lot of people when you're, when you're learning things about cameras and technology and editing and all that, I mean, things are, are more black and white at times, right? Like certain keyboard shortcuts do certain things. Um, there's not a lot of gray area. Uh, but when it comes to what you should do with your life, what's right for you, um, 
what's going to bring you most alive, you can't seek that out from other people. And so at the beginning of my video production career, I did that a lot. I was constantly in the seeking of everybody else's opinions and approval and advice and all these things. And although there was for sure helpfulness in that, 100%, I had gotten to a place in 2010, 2011 where I was very um, overwhelmed and stressed out and honestly doing a lot of work and a lot of things that I wasn't excited about. And so this next thing here, I put the my way decision. Now, I didn't call it this back in 2010, but what I found is, is that in life, and specifically, which I love to talk about a lot, in business, um, if you're like everyone else, you know, one could argue you're going to be getting the results of everyone else, right? Do what everybody else is doing, you'll get the results you're getting. Yeah, but is everybody around you living the life and getting the results you really want? Now, the problem is, is on the surface and online, things can look like rainbows, unicorns, and pogo sticks, and everything can look really great. And that doesn't mean that something's, things aren't great. But I can promise you, and I, I, if people who know me, and I get on here, if you listen to my audiobook that I recorded in 2016, which is another example of, of this, is that the older you get, the more things get ingrained in you certain ways. And so the more difficult certain things can be to change. So I've told this story a lot about a backwards bicycle. There was this guy I found back in the day, and uh, he made this bike, and it looked like a normal bike. Except for this particular bike, when you turn left, it went right instead of left. And when you went right, it went left instead of right. Well, for him, he was in his 40s, and he uh, would do speaking engagements and things, and, and, and people would uh, be offered $250 to ride 10 feet. None of these people could go even 10 feet because, you know, they say it's just like riding a bike. You know, once you learn how to ride a bike, once your brain is hardwired to ride that bike, you can do it with your hands off the, the, you know, the steering. You know, you, you can just do this so naturally. It's like muscle memory. The problem is the older and older you get, then that thing gets so ingrained. And so it took him over nine months to be able to ride this bike. Well, his son was like five or six years old, took him like six weeks to be able to ride this bike. So the, the 40 plus year old took nine months to rewire his brain, even though inherently he knew what to do. He knew the bike didn't do the normal thing, but his hardwiring made him do that other thing. So depending on how old some of you are right now, I'm turning 33 today, depending on how old some of you are, will depend on how hardwired certain things are. So the younger you are, some of you listening who are you know, in your early 20s or even your teens, things aren't as hardwired as somebody who's in their late 30s or 40s or 50s. Now, all of us have the ability to make choices and change. All of us fundamentally can even understand the changes that we're wanting to make. But it doesn't mean that just by speaking something that we're now going to be able to change it. Just by knowing it, it doesn't mean we're going to be able to change it. I heard a thing, if you've ever heard of Howie Mandel, you know, he has this germophobia. And I heard an interview recently where he was talking about, I, I know, I know that it's an issue. Like, I know that if I shake somebody's hand, I'm probably not going to die. But yet it was something hardwired that he's been working through. And so what are those things for you that are hardwired? And I've had to realize that one of the things that became more hardwired 
was a distrust for myself and my own opinions and my own abilities. You know, because when I made what I called the my way decision, didn't call it that at the time, had no idea what I was doing. And uh, quite frankly, you know, at my kind of second go around of doing this and, and the more the patterns start to take place, the older I get, the more I'm, I'm bullish about making sure I've got to ingrain this. I've got to rewire this. And so that, that my way decision that I made back in the day is what a lot of you, if you're struggling at times in business because you're seeking the approval and the opinions and the advice constantly of others and you have no trust of your own, your own self and potentially your self-worth is low, your self-confidence is low. And if those things are really low, you're going to seek the advice and the opinions of others. And I can speak to this because I've lived this hardcore as much as I've appeared at times, and now more than ever, there, there, there's a less appearing of it and more embodying it. But there's that level of where I was appearing to people ultra confident, but I was always seeking constantly the approval and the opinions of other people. Because internally, I didn't trust myself. And so what happened was when I built my business originally, I'm asking for video production. Specifically, I was doing that, seeking the approval. But finally, I realized, man, I'm going into shoots and edits and all these different things, and I, I can't do anything for myself. Like, I gotta I'm, I'm not stealing, but I'm copying shots and copying edits and copying music. Guess what happened? Late 2010, when I was kind of on the verge of, of giving up, like I was really kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired. The work I was putting together, I wasn't really proud of all of it. Some of it I really was, but other things, I mean, I was quite frankly bored out of my mind and I didn't want to do and I wasn't excited about it. And, and I was so overwhelmed and stressed and, and working seven days a week, 365 and just hard, 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 hard. And I'm going, this is not what I got into self-employment and got into business for. Like, this is, this is not fun. I mean, at this point in time, it seems like a job would be a hell of a lot better potentially. At least if I just show up and, and be, you know, like do my thing like a zombie, I'll probably, at least I'll get work, you know. But there was something internally inside of me that would not allow that to happen. So I, I, I did this and I see this a lot with people. When you get sick and tired of, of your weight, when you get sick and tired of, of being stressed and miserable, people make a shift. But when you're comfortable or you think you have too much to lose, then making that shift can be very, very difficult. If you're enjoying this, give some likes and love. Give me some comments in there. Let me know you're rocking and rolling and hopefully you're hearing me because I get, I get going and if I don't see nobody leaves any comments, I'm like, is it working? It looks like it's working though. But um, so, so the thing is, is that I realized, okay, I'm going to make what I call, I call it now, didn't call then the my way decision. I'm going to edit dress, speak, shoot, do everything my way. Now, when I talk to people, I wasn't rude about it. I was still very collaborative about it, but I realized, you know what? Uh, what I've been doing hasn't been working. And I would ask you that question. If what you're doing is working, don't let anybody shove you off the track. Like if it's working for you, if you're rocking and rolling and you're truly happy and you're enjoying life and you're working on projects you're enjoying and you're just, you're, you're in the zone, then by God, don't let anybody knock you off that because that's, that's the bliss. That's no matter what anybody has, whether they're self-employed, employed, they have a job, whatever it is, that's what people are looking for. 
They just want to wake up excited to get to do what they get to do. That's, that's my biggest thing, waking up and getting to do what I get to do. Um, and right now, that's, you know, some would argue, well, are you working today? Like, well, hypothetically, to some, it may look and feel and sound like work. But for me, it's joy. Like, I really love doing this kind of work, and I'll be connected with some people later and, and whatnot. So when you make that my way decision, you stop seeking the approval of everybody else. So there was a trust factor that I had in myself then. You know what? I'm going to do it my way. What do I have to lose, right? Because I'm like, well, quite frankly, I've kind of lost everything at this point in time in my mind. And I'm like, who cares? What else can I lose? Like, I have more to gain than I have to lose. But I see that in a lot of people who achieve unbelievable things. They reach a point where they're like, I lost things and it wasn't fun. So if I'm going to give it this last ditch effort, I'm going to at least have a blast doing it. But what I can see more than ever is when we guide people through that process, trans, you know, transform them through that ability to see that, yes, doing what you love and what lights you up and what really infects others and what is your sweet spot, like these things are so powerful. And so my business blew up then. The problem was when I went into doing the work of coaching and speaking and inspiring and all that, I went back to the 19-year-old kid who didn't trust himself and was like, oh man, I gotta figure it out from everybody else. Everybody else must know better than me. Everyone else is smarter than me. And what I realized, even just recently, I had to call somebody, it's very transformative. It's like the answers are within me. Right? It doesn't mean I don't need any help from anybody ever, but I need to watch what I'm getting help for and from whom because most of the answers are inside of me right now. Like what I need is right inside of me, the fire, the energy, like the things that I'm looking for these other things, but they're not there. Like if I, if I do that my way decision, I make that shift. You know, so many people, you know, I always talk about it. It's the monkeys climbing trees. It's these things like, People telling you to do things that they love to do. That's why when I coach and work with people, my goal is to not tell you what I want you to do, what I love to do, so it should be what you love to do. That's the biggest thing that cripples a lot of people because the reality is what if we're wired extremely the same way, then there's a lot that that, that could match up and work for you. But what I find is something that I've, I've recently been talking about a lot is that there are machines, there are humans, and there are hybrids. Now, I'm talking about humans across the board where we're all human, so as much as we think, uh, but ultimately realizing that there are certain personality types who are just all human. They're just, everything about them is human wired. They need human connection. They, they love to be around people. Um, you know, you put them in a, in, in a dark room in front of a computer for 10 hours, they'd rather jump off a cliff. I lean into that. Like if I didn't have to do things with, you know, computers, which as a whole is what I, I'm currently like with assistance and people helping me, you know, removing as much, technical things as I possibly can in email because I 
if I'm in voice or I'm in connection or I'm in talking or I'm on Zoom or I'm on a phone call or I'm in person, like these are the elements I thrive. I thrive in. Um, a lot of people ask me, how do you do this? Like there's no, there's no script. It's just like I made a few points and then I just can jam here for 30, 40 minutes free flowing. And it, it's literally that I'm in the zone and it's in flow. Whereas others could look and go, man, that's just, you know, that's crippling. Like I, I, I couldn't imagine doing that. But if you try to do that, you try to be that, you're going to lose. Because maybe you're more hybrid. Maybe you're more machine. And what I mean by that is not, again, you're not a human being. But that there are people that are great at systems and structures and details and organization, and they do very machine-like tasks. They're able to do the same thing again, 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 rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And that's that's in their zone, right? And there's just, they can, they're that person, a code, like a person who's like a coder. They can sit in front of a computer with all these lines and digits and numbers and just code all day long. You know, and they don't need to necessarily, it doesn't mean they never want to talk to people. It doesn't mean they never want to connect with people. But where do you lean the majority of the time is the question. Do you lean towards being uh, more disconnected at times? Like we all need connection to some level. Like, you know, uh, the people who unfortunately, God forbid, commit suicide and, 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 and take their lives and things like that. They don't feel like they that anybody loves them. They don't feel like anybody cares. They're disconnected. We all need, I think there's, I, I don't remember the exact thing, but there's this uh, level um, where if a newborn isn't touched by human touch within a certain period of time, it will die. Um, I'd have to look that one up, but there, uh, I remember I've been told it a number of times, but so we all need a level of connection, but where do we lean more, Right. Again, where do you lean more? And then sometimes I know people who oscillate between the two, right? They need lots of human connection. They need lots and lots of that alone time and lots of that disconnection per se. And I need both, but I lean way in one direction over the other. Um, you know, the work I love to do is work that's not in isolation. So I, I recharge my batteries in isolation. I recharge by going on a walk, by going on a bike ride, you know, different things like that are definitely ways that I, you know, recharge the Gebs juice, recharge the battery, recharge the fuel. I definitely need that alone time, but I don't need enormous amounts of that. Other people need, so which do you lean in? And that's where you have to find what's your way, not my way. I make my way decision. You have to declare what is your way? What is the my way decision for you? Because that's what I find when you can start to trust that and start to gain that self-awareness, gain that self-understanding, you're going to be able to effectively thrive that much more than you will be if you're doing things that are very much against the grain for you. Because some of us, like there's certain areas, again, you just are in the flow. And so that's what I found. So, so for me, my birthday and turning 33 here, that's my word, you know, um, trust. A few other words that come to mind are energy. Um, and then that phrase, the my way decision, you know, what's the my way? Um, and for me, you know, one of the things that I recorded back in 2016, right before I was about to turn 30, 
is I recorded the MIA Massive Imperfect Action audiobook um, in just one take. And I recorded that, and I was just in the flow, I was in the zone, and interestingly enough, I put on my profile, audio author. And I thought I was going to do these other books and these other things, and when I got done with that book, I promoted the crap out of it. I got about 170 people. If you want to listen to it, you can go to takemia.com, takemia.com. And the interesting thing was is that I recorded that. I remember there was roughly about 170 people that said, yeah, I'd like to listen. Yeah, I'd like to listen. And I got almost half of them. I, I got like 70, 80 people to reply and say they listened to it, they loved it, they sent me these paragraphs about it, what resonated the most, one of the biggest things that resonated the most was the my way decision. And it's because people were doing things other people's ways and there was this just resistance, there was so much resistance. The interesting thing is, is in recording that book, the trust factor, the, the true internal owning confidence level wasn't there because then I started to seek the approval and the advice of people I looked up to. And I said something about how I'm going to be an audio author. And I told some of these people. And then in, in the most loving way possible, I call this the, the, the jackass whispering. But it's, you know, the reality is it's just, it's, it's not ill-intended from almost everybody, at least the people I've dealt with. But they're like, no, 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 you got to have a physical book. You got to have a physical book. And then went into the physical book stuff. So then I'm like, okay, I got to get the physical book stuff. I got to get it. I got to get it transcribed. I got to get it edited. I got to make it into something that could be a physical book. So I work on that. I end up spending all this time on that, and spent more time to try to put a book together from the audio that I just had seventy people. Now, mind you, in 2014, I was about to um, go on what was the Good Life Project. Um, and one of the biggest interviews I've ever done. It led me to be able to speak in Germany. All these cool things, and I. So I got to have a book. I got to have a book on there. So this time around, I never released the audios or released the videos, but I recorded these like 10 chapters, recorded these videos. I had somebody transcribe it. I had somebody make edits of it. And then again, what did I do? I seek the opinions and advice of other people. So I submitted it to people who said that they would look at it and they would listen. And the interesting thing, what happened? Almost no one, I think I sent it to maybe 30 to 50 people, almost no one got back to me. So then what I do, oh, well, boom, I just, you know, shot my energy and my drive and my passion down. I thought, no, that's not right. Now, granted, I look now and at times say there was signs from God, the universe, whatever you believe in, about the written word for me, because I've tried so many times to do things in the written word. I've tried to get writers and editors and people people to look at it, and the resonance, the feedback is always really low. Then what do I do? I do the audio. So in 2016, I do the audio. But then I get the feedback on that, and it's phenomenal. One could argue I should have leaned into that. But instead, I start to do the thing for the physical book. I try to get feedback from people, and I send that out to a bunch of people who even listened to the audio and loved it, said, I'd love to look at the written one. I'd love to, to, to share that. I'd love to, to take a look. And, well, same thing as 2014. Not much, not much feedback, not much anything. And I 
internalized that because I some of the people I asked the opinion I looked up to and really, you know, respected their advice. And so it, it threw me off course. And then recently some people had found the link to the Take MIA and I had this happen before, which was mind boggling, right? The, the book was like, the written word book was both times was like 40 to 60 pages. And yet the audio was three and a half hours long. Yet, I just had a gal the other day. She's like, I couldn't stop listening. I got in. I, she goes, I don't even finish audiobooks. I don't listen to audiobooks typically. They always lose me. She goes, but I'm going from the car to the AirPods to this to that. Just constantly listen. I couldn't stop it. And then right before that, I had a guy who said he listened to it twice. Another guy said he listened to it twice. I had a bunch of messages before. listened to it twice. Six and a half hours. Seven hours of listening. But I couldn't get people to read a 60-page book, which if you read and you're fast enough, you could probably have read in a quarter of the time that it would take you to listen. And so it's that trust again. And it doesn't have, you don't have, the my way decision involves not being like everyone else. The people who are getting the biggest results that you might look up to in this world, they're not following a step-by-step fill in the blank, boxed in, be like, and repeat without intention the process of somebody who's walked before you. And by God, if you're walking in the exact same steps, doing the exact same thing in the exact same industry, that's even a greater problem. Like, why do you want the knockoff when you can have the original, when you can have the OG? And so I'll never forget whether you like him or not. Um, I heard uh, Jordan Peterson interview Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan was talking about when he started the um, Joe Rogan podcast 10 years ago, people said, well, why uh, would you do a podcast? That's kind of stupid. Like, and you're not going to make any money off a podcast. And um, also one of the biggest things, you're going to really have to think about cutting down these four and a half hour long episodes. Like that's a little long and nobody's going to listen. And basically, he's like, F you, screw you. I don't care whether anyone listens. I'm not doing it for everyone else. I'm doing it for me. And if people want to listen, I'm releasing it. I think these conversations are great conversations that people would enjoy listening to. But at the end of the day, these are for me, not for everyone else. And so they can stop listening whenever they want. But that confidence, that trust, that certainty, that ignoring the naysayers and going his own way, doing the things his way, making that my way decision, allowed him to do what? Allowed him to do what others weren't doing to then be asked years later, how did you do it? Well, I did what other people said I shouldn't do. And I believe that is so freaking powerful when you think about that. Now, to the best of my knowledge, he's getting like 50 to 100 million downloads a month. And I think he's had well over a billion downloads in total. Um, I think his some of his sponsorships are over six figures, over $100,000. So when you take the path less traveled, when you ignore what everybody, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of elements and a lot of things that got to take place. That doesn't mean that 
the thing you're working on is naturally going to automatically be the thing and you're going to have a billion downloads, right? Like podcasts, he came on at a time that there weren't any podcasts. Like there's a lot of variables. I get it. But there was also a bunch of other podcasts that came on at the same time he did and nothing happened with it. And they might have fallen their own drum too. But I would argue where they at today. Did they give up? Did they stop? And if there's one thing I will, without a shadow of a doubt, give myself credit for is the fact that I've had an ability to get knocked down and get back up and get knocked down and get back up and get knocked down and get back up and get knocked down and get back up. Now, through all that, that's like getting run over by a freaking, you know, uh, semi-tractor trailer over and over again. It doesn't necessarily feel great. And uh, it gets harder at times to get back up. And that comes back to the trust factor because some of the things I'm doing right now today are things that I've done multiple times, but it was the lack of self-confidence, the lack of self-worth, um, you know, the lack, like the lack in a lot of areas, like lacking self, like not having the self-confidence not having the self-worth, not believing, not trusting. These things were all a recipe for me to get plowed over by an 18-wheeler and have to figure out how to get back up again and go at it again, maybe shift. What do I shift? What's the perspective that I shift and do this again? And then, yeah, there's all the things. We can be judged. Some people have followed me for many years and seen some of the 18-wheeler falls off, you know, run over, and then let's start it, rev it back up, rev the engine back up again. But you know what? We're on the field of play, as one of my, my buddies would say. You know, being on that field of play, getting in there and, um, you know, uh, continuing to have those getting run over, building up that thick skin, building up that resilience, building up that toughness, that mental toughness, uh, because it's really hard to stop somebody who feels unstoppable, right? That's the thing that happens with people who don't have anything to lose. They're the scariest people on earth at times because when you've got nothing to lose, you'll do anything to win. But when you have things to lose, you most definitely won't do anything to win because in doing those things, you may lose friends, family, houses, health. Who knows what you'll lose? I don't believe you have to lose those things, but that's what our brain says we could lose. And knowing people who've lost some of these things and then seeing the results they've gotten, it's incredible because exactly that. They don't care anymore. They lost not having fun they lost chasing the money. They lost doing the things that they thought would help them win. And as a byproduct, they were miserable. And then when they go and they go, I'm just going to be in joy. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do what I love. And I don't care what happens now. That passion, that enthusiasm, that love, it infects other people. And other people want to be around that. Do you want to be around a person who's freaking pissed off and complaining and whining all the time? Hell no. And what are you going to attract? You're going to freaking attract people who are moaning and complaining and whining all the time, right? There's no coincidence that overall I have built up as a collective whole. There's been some of these internal struggles in this professional stuff, but I've been working on personal development for a number of years now. So there's other areas of me where I'm not living in misery all the time anymore. A lot of that was way back in like 2010 and 11 and some of 12 and things where 
I definitely internally didn't feel even remotely as good as I do now. And why being positive, optimistic, smiling, friendly, taking care of people, these things, you attract people who then they want to be around that and don't tend to complain around me. Don't tend to whine. Don't tend to do these negative things because I siphon that out. I don't have any time for that, right? If you want, because nothing get, you got to let things go. You got to cry. You got to curse. You've got to do whatever it takes to rid yourself of the demons, whatever's inside of you. But at the end of the day, we have to stand in the ground. We have to take a shift and we have to move. It's so powerful to be able to move. And I say this again, not meaning that I've stuck into total perfection and I've got this all figured out and you know, I never have a bad day and I never complain and I never stress. That would be a lie. That would be a lie. But I've worked to where that is not where I live the majority of the time. And that, to me, is quite frankly one of the biggest keys. I, I, you know, I, I think that there's some very few people on this earth <laughs> that have achieved total zen out bliss at 99.9999999999999 to infinity are just happy and joyful and that's probably the 0.00001 to infinity percent of the population um, so it's not impossible but i lean to where i'm also living with people like I have a wife, I got friends, I got family. I'm living in the world. I'm not living alone, <laughs> disconnected, where I found euphoria. And, you know, I, I think as soon as we have connections with other people, now we have control over our who we choose to have in our world. We have control as a whole over the thoughts and the choices we make to what, how people treat us, those things. And so although that can be hard at times, depending on who it is, that is the area at which we um, can still choose in the 90 plus, 80 plus percentile, in my opinion, to really enjoy life, do things we love, work on projects we love. We don't have to work on something for 20 years that we dislike so that 20 years later we can do something that we love. Um, I think we can have those things now. Um, but there's always going to be different things that you're going to have to deal with. There's always going to be a different problem or challenge, but how you view, how you think about that problem or challenge is so very, 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 um, important. Um, but you know, my goal, my love, my passion for people, um, you know, the kind of the declaration for me is that, that my voice, the coaching, the speaking, the connection is where I move mountains for myself and I'm in total joy and move mountains for others. You know, I just sent a guy, I think he's just listening, Julian there, um, where, you know, he said something about a course and whatnot and the person he's learning from. And, you know, I, I realize I'm like, you know, there's so many things that I have had that are the definition of insanity from, uh, you know, Einstein doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. There's certain things we can do over again, and if we're coming from a different internal place, we might be able to 
to shift, but there's other things that just inherently how we're wired, like it's just the resistance is going to be, and there's, there's going to always be resistance in life. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but people who are a fish and they've learned how to adapt on land are probably in a constant state of struggle and frustration and the willpower and everything. They may fully acclimate now they're thriving, but why would we want to, to, to go? Like, why would we put that much like stress and pressure on us to be something that we truly are not? If you're, if you're not that, right, that's the hybrid, right? Some can float through the water just fine and be on land just fine. Others, they gotta be in the water and others just gotta be on land. And so if you don't know yourself well enough, which is something I've been studying for years, if we don't know ourselves well enough, we could be all water and we're on land and we've figured it out to a degree, but it's a struggle. And then if we need to be in, in land and we're in water, well, we can't just stay underwater forever and ever. We're going to need to come up for air, right? And so that's been one of my biggest passions is learning this and Water, land, and whether you're introverted, extroverted, or this or that, I, that's irrelevant. But it's just where do we thrive? And I recognize that for me, this is a blessing. This is a thriving spot. This is, this is easy for me. This is fun. This is enjoyable, right? If, if I had to think about and script out, type out, and read off a teleprompter, every word coming out of my mouth right now, you'd never be hearing any words coming out of my mouth. Because when I do those types of things, I tend to procrastinate. I not get it done. I don't ever do it. And so even if that works phenomenally and I can see the power in certain ways in someone else doing that, that is that example. Some people are hybrids. So they have the ability here and there to free flow, but they have the ability to, you know, script and do that. And they can do both really well. I can't. And I don't really yearn, which is one of the biggest nuggets there as well. I don't really yearn to become better at that. And I think the things we get better at are things that inherently we want to get better at. And you can feel there might be resistance, but you know that you want and can get better at it. Whereas there's things for me that I really don't want to. And at times I question whether or not I even can. Whereas there's other, these other ways that have been proven for me to be enjoyable, I get better and better and other people can't do it like me and other people get results from it. So why would I adapt to attempt to get results in a way that are totally incongruent with me? And so that's the thing I talk about a lot when it comes to editors and shooters and business owners and entrepreneurs. It's like, what is right for you? Right? Some people, I used to do tons of same day edits. So some people thrive under pressure. It's like that, that pressure that I have two hours to do something, they create their best work. I created my best work in that kind of environment. And then outside of that environment, like, good luck. I didn't even want to ever look at the footage again. Like I didn't want to edit it. I didn't want to do anything with it. And so I did not thrive in that type of like all the time in the world. We all need some level of deadlines and things at times, but I will say that some people, the deadlines and the pressure, they'll perform, but sustainably for the long term, more than likely they won't. And so that's where when you get aware of that, some people are trying to own the whole enchilada, run the business, sell the jobs, do the whole thing. 
And it's not that that'll never work out for you, but if you've been at it for two or three years and you can't make any money, something's off. Like, what is that? It's more than likely there's a bunch of internal stuff that's going on. And that's that you're potentially up on land. You should be in the water, but you're thinking, everybody said, if I'm up on land, I'll win. I'll succeed. I'll make money. I'll have freedom. I'll make all this. You know, it'll be easy. I'll have passive income. But the thing is, maybe those people, that works for them. But there's stuff that you'd be able to do that they wouldn't. And then they would question you. How'd you do it? Man, it's just so easy for you. So natural. <sighs> feels good. Feels good to be 33. It feels good to, you know, at times for me, it's, I guess, therapeutic to speak things out loud. Um, but a lot's happened in the last 33 years. A lot's happened in the last few years. A lot's happened in the last few weeks. And the word that keeps popping up is that word trust. I'm declaring and choosing in every way possible that I can to trust myself. To declare that my way decision. Just lean all in to the things that work for me and quite frankly ignore even well-intended, very smart people that what works for them is not what works for me. And so my challenge for you is, do you trust yourself? Do you know what works for you? Do you believe that what works for you just might not work for other people and the things that work for them just might not work for you. Hmm. Was that silence uncomfortable? <laughs> <sighs> taking a breath. So super grateful for uh, anyone who's listening to uh, the podcast um, and excited to continue on this journey because uh, I'm leaning more and more and more and more into audio uh, because the more you find and the more I know I find my sweet spot, the more I know I thrive. And I know the areas that no one can compete with me because there's no one like me and I'm right where I need to be doing right what I need to be doing. And that's just being me. And if I'm being me, well, if you've made it this far, <laughs> that's being me. That's enjoying what I'm doing and you're enjoying it as a byproduct. So if I'm not being me, you probably wouldn't be enjoying it because I'd then be reading like this. Hey, everybody. My name is Michael Gebbin, and I'm really excited to be on this podcast today with you. And, you know, on this podcast today, we're going to talk about three topics. These three topics are take MIA, my way decision, trust. Let's talk about the first topic of trust. 
right? <laughs> I can't even go on. So, uh, uh, you know, that's the, uh, that's the thing. And I just saw something pop in. I've been searching for years of what I'm meant to do. Um, and I would just say it's an external thing. And what I found is the external searching, um, is something that I mean, we have to try lots of things, but then we have to look inside. We have to look inside ourselves, and we have to really, if we've tried a lot of things, something's, something's resonated. And I bet you could argue, or I could argue that at times there's been things that have resonated that you got excited about, that people shot down, that people didn't believe, that people didn't understand, which then thus shot you down, which then you lost your enthusiasm, you lost your energy, and you went on searching for something else. Get really honest with yourself. What are some of those things that you could resurge, that you could come back to, come back to with a new life and a new energy in it that you never had before and a new belief? Will it work out? I don't know. But you know, musicians, they write lots and lots of songs. Some never work out. Some find that one hit wonder and some find the many hits, but they keep on writing. They keep on writing. I watched a thing from Ed Sheeran. We'll see if I finish up here on this, where he was talking about they were playing freaking like 15 gigs in a day. It was something crazy, playing just so many gigs in one day. Um, and then just writing song after 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 song, 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 thousands of songs that sucked in his opinion, before he found the hits. People see me on camera today, and I've shared the one video and audio many, many a time. It's taken me thousands of hours of doing this to flow. <laughs> you know, when I'm doing this, I'm flowing, and, and people have said you don't even say um. When I really have to think about certain things, I might say it. I definitely recognize here and there I say it, but a lot of times when I'm recording these episodes and things, I'm just flowing, and that's my zone of genius. But it's taken me years of practice and building. Like I am in total confidence right now, delivering what I'm delivering, the way I want to deliver it, saying it the way I want to say it, and owning that, and not fearing any judgment because I know, you know, emotional almost thinking about it, I know that people need that True transparency, that true honesty, that not bullshit, fakeness. I got your back. Appreciate you. And I hope that you have the best year ever. Rock and roll. Much love. And have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Thank you.